0: paid 260 euros for a pair of Crocs, man. Those shoes pretty much broke my foot. It's only going downhill from here. What up, guys? This is Josh. And this is Fobbs. And this is the Kickback Pod.
1: Yo, 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 we are back once again. Kickback Pod episode 45 here once again with my man Fobbs. And this is a super special episode because we couldn't have even made this episode without you guys. This is going to be the question and answer episode. You guys, uh, we asked you guys on our Instagram pages to send us some questions, and you guys sent us a lot of questions. We probably don't have time to answer all of them on the pod, but we did narrow it down to uh, some of our favorites. So, Really a big, big shout out to all of the listeners of the Kickback Pod. You guys are amazing. Thank you guys so much and uh, really appreciate the questions. Some pretty interesting questions in there. So um, yeah, but before we get to that, I first want to talk to my man, Fobbs. I seen you been busy. So first of all, let us know about the event that you attended over the weekend. It, was defi- it definitely had a lot to do with sneakers, so the fans want to know.
0: Uh, true, yeah. So I went to, um, first of all, what up, everyone? Uh, can only mirror what Josh just said. Uh, looking forward to this episode, looking forward to answering some questions, and uh, just, you know, having a really loose, kind of chill episode. Um, for those of you who don't know or didn't see, I went to Krep City in Berlin over the weekend. Um, Josh also tried to go, <laughs> but uh, tickets were sold out before he could cop them. It show it actually because it was super full by the time i left i was there from early access which was 11 a.m until around 3 3 30 and around 2 2 30 is when the second wave of people came in it was in kreuzberg here in berlin in uh, Fessal kreuzberg actually i've been to a couple of really cool concerts there and it was cool to see how they changed the space up so overall i thought it was pretty cool i mean the coolest thing for me was just being there, talking to people, getting to know people, seeing old friends, talking about sneakers, and just having a physical event after such a long time. But in terms of, you know, sneakers on show there, there were some cool stuff. Like there was a pair of uh, Nike Air Yeezy ones. There were some old school Pata Nike Air Max ones, as well as some Air Max nineties. So some cool vintage stuff as well. A lot of vintage children sneakers as well. Some. Nike shocks from like the 90s or 2000s, I think it was the 2000s, and overall just a really fun event, but there was nothing really that spoke to me, there was nothing that was either in my budget or in my budget but appealed to me, I was looking for a pair of the ISPA Road Warriors as I have been for such a long time, and I have to admit most of the stuff there was Nike Dunks and Nike Air Jordans, which, you know, obviously aren't my all-time favorite shoes but it was cool to see people interacting with the sellers and I think currently there's a lot of people outside of like the niche core sneakerhead group so you know some of the more mainstream followers of sneakers that are still very much into dunks very much into jordan one mids and it was cool to see them be able to purchase shoes that they like there and also interact with each other but yeah it was overall really cool event but we definitely missed you jd would have been cool to have you there as well
1: I tried to make it, man. I woke up that day, full intention to go, and then I log into the website around 11, and all the tickets were suddenly sold out, even though earlier that morning, they weren't sold out, and I should have bought them then. Uh, So I definitely messed up, my bad. But... um, how were like you mentioned the tickets sorry not the tickets you mentioned the prices of the sneakers were a bit expensive and that's my biggest complaint normally at a lot of these sneaker convention type of events i never really ever find anything there um so what were like were the prices kind of on stock x level or were they actually even higher than what these shoes normally go for on stock x
0: I mean, it really depended on the shoe. So there were some sneakers that were a lot more expensive. Uh, Yeezy foam runners, for example, were going for more than they go for on StockX. But then you had the, um, I forget what they're called, Canyon Purple Nike Air Jordan 4s, right? Those like really furry suede ones. Those were going for around 200 210 depending on the seller, which is actually a pretty decent price. Oh, those, that's good. Right? when you consider that you can pick them up right then and there. They had several sizes. They didn't have my size. That was probably the one shoe that I was leaning towards buying the most. Um, but yeah, in general, like you can always find steals at these events, but I think generally the prices are a little bit higher because the sellers need to ensure that they make back their investment. They're obviously paying rent for the tables. They have costs in getting to these events themselves and you know they want to get paid for their time as well they're standing there all day they're trying to sell shoes so yeah if you're looking for crazy steals on hyped shoes you're probably not going to find those but like i said there are hidden gems here and there
1: awesome awesome well glad that you had a good time at the event uh definitely we'll try to make it next time and shout out to anyone that was at the event i hope you guys enjoyed it Uh, but yeah we got a pretty jam-packed episode and we are on a bit of a time crunch today so we're gonna try to get through this as fast as possible but first fan uh, fan shout out of the week a couple of shout outs so first of all i want to shout out henry mac zero uh shout out to you because you messaged me and pointed out that in last week's episode there was a and you gave me the timestamps as well we had a i guess editing error in the last episode we forgot to edit out like a tiny part of the episode where me and fobs were basically not talking um so apologies for anyone who listened to that one's wondering what the hell's going on yeah editing mistakes it does happen but shout out to you henry Mack, for pointing that out and another second shout out of the week goes to um my man joffrey gentry uh, shout out to you for being a long-time listener and also all the positive feedback on the pod recently so appreciate you and appreciate everyone everyone who's been listening to the pod so let's get into what we have been wearing over the last couple of weeks i'll go first so one of my favorite shoes in my collection undoubtedly is the jordan 5 off-white um, the thing is I put a lace swap on it a few months ago, Uh, I switched it into the red laces that came with the shoe, and um, I took the box of the shoe, which had all my other laces, and I put the box in my storage, and that was a mistake, because the shoe, at the time, I guess I was feeling red laces, but it's honestly quite difficult to wear that shoe with red laces, like pull it off in a fit, you need the black laces to make the shoe a lot more wearable, So I just didn't wear those for such a long time. And then I finally like visited my storage facility last week. I found the box. I brought it back with me and I got all the laces back in my house. So I switched it to the black laces. And then I remembered once again why this is one of my favorite shoes ever. Love these shoes. So I've just been kind of, you know, falling in love once again with that shoe. Just wearing it a lot. The Jordan 5 Off-White. That's been my most worn shoe in the last two weeks. What about you, Fobs?
0: So, real quick about those shoes. Those are probably the only fives I would consider wearing because the tongue isn't fat. I really hate the fat tongue on regular fives. And I feel like Virgil did such a good job in toning the sneaker down. Um, Both colorways are amazing. Uh, But as for what I've been wearing recently, I've been getting a lot of wear out of my Pata New Balance 990 V3s. But... Over the past few days, I have been wearing my Slam Jam Nike Dunk highs, the white colorway, a lot. I actually wore them last night. Um, we had a team event where we made pizza, uh, which was pretty cool. I even like flipped the dough like a pro. If, if you follow me on Instagram, you'll probably see it on my story.
1: That was um, impressive.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much. I was actually very impressed with myself as well. No, but the Slam, slam Jam Nike Dunks are probably... The dunks that for me had the best quality. If you have those in hand, the leather on those is just butter. So um, they're always super fun to wear and you can combine them with like baggy pants. I was wearing my needle track pants and overall I just felt like I looked really, really fly. I probably looked about half as fly as I felt, but you know, I felt good, which, which is the main thing. Um, that brings us to latest pickups. I don't have any, so I'm going to give you center stage. Josh, what have you picked up in the last few weeks?
1: So actually, just, first of all, just before filming, I'm uh, sorry, just before recording this, literally five minutes before we started recording this, I just managed to cop the Ama Maniers of the Ama Manier website, the Fours. So that's like my latest, latest, super latest pickup, but it was U.S. address only, so it's getting shipped to my U.S., uh, postal box and then i have to ship it over to germany so it's going to be a while before i actually get those in hand but as far as my other pickups um so from stock x i ordered the uh, jordan one lost and found and those arrived today this morning and my first reaction was i need to first check if this is real or fake <laughs> because of what's happening on stock x so i ended up As soon as I unboxed it, I watched like six or seven videos on uh, on YouTube talking about real versus fakes. And I'm happy to say, at least based on these videos, I'm happy to say that StockX did actually send me a real pair. It looks and feels like a real pair. So I'm pretty happy about that. And, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm happy with the shoe overall, you know. Like, this is one of those sneakerhead shoes that have just eluded me. I've never owned a pair of Chicago's. So, just really happy to have these in hand. And I know, like, you and me have said many times on this pod that um, we're not, like, big fans of the colorway. Like, just red shoes in general. Um, yeah, and, and, like, although I'm not, like, super wowed by the colorway, I tried wearing them on feet. just threw on some black sweatpants. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? These look pretty fire. These look very, very fire on feet. And uh, yeah, they just have so much history behind them as well. I like what they did here too with the cracked leather on the upper. The storyline uh, behind, you know, like the finding it in a thrift shop or um, and, and like the little receipt that the shoes come with. I thought it was all pretty cool. The leather also has some cracked leather, but it's not cracked like the maniers where it was kind of like flaking off those ones. Uh, these have like cracked, but not too cracked. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm liking it, man. I'm liking it. Definitely. Uh, very happy to finally call myself a real sneakerhead. It's kind of funny because if you look at our logo, which has a picture of you and me, and you are holding a Chicago one in your hand. And the funny thing is neither of us own that shoe, but now one of us finally do. So happy to finally have the lost and found Chicago's. Um, so that was my first pickup and, uh, Another couple of pickups. So one of my favorite Nike sneakers, period. And I, am, I would even go ahead and call myself the president of the Nike Zoom Vermeer 5 fan club. <laughs> I absolutely love the, the Zoom Vermeer 5s. Finally happy to get those back in the collection. I wore my... I, I used to have the... Not only do I have the Cold Wall collab, they also released the white and black pairs and just like GR releases. I had the white pair and I just wore those to the ground, like I destroyed those shoes, they were just my most worn shoes, and I don't have them anymore, so I'm happy to get some more GR colorways, I got it in the oatmeal colorway that just released, and they're fire looks super clean in hand, and I'm gonna be picking up some more colorways as well, because I don't know when's the next time Nike's gonna bring them back, so yeah man, absolutely love the Vomero 5s, President, as president of the Romero 5 fan club, I have to say we are currently accepting new members. So, uh, anyone who wants to get on board, go ahead, try yourself a pair of Romero 5s, you won't regret it. It is, in my opinion, the most comfortable Nike sneaker out there. And then the last pickup. I did manage to pick up. but You guys know I'm such a huge fan of Stussy, the brand. I have a lot of their clothes, and it's probably my favorite brand to wear right now. They did drop a collab with Converse recently. Uh, there was a Chuck Taylor High as well as the Converse One Star Low. I did pick up the One Star. It is a bright green color. and For me, like not only do I think it's a great shoe, uh, it looks pretty cool. Um, I love the price. 100 euros 100 euro was the retail price when is the last time you're able to get a shoe for 100 euros so i'm very happy with the price of the shoe the quality of the shoe great pair and uh yeah those were my three pickups
0: very very nice um solid and also very varied pickups i would say um which is very much in line with your whole mantra this year right to try different shoes different styles um so glad to see you continuing to do so that brings us to our big topic of the day ask us anything q a and we are going to kick it right off with the first question i think it's a fitting first question this was asked by at rolly underscore Barta, and they asked when did you start to collect sneakers josh what is your origin story
1: um, okay, so my origin story, I would say I really only first started to collect collect sneakers, meaning like go crazy on the releases every week um, once I moved to Berlin. So I would say right around the time, the Off-White, the 10 collection, uh, so I would say like mid-2017, that's kind of like when I really, really got into collecting sneakers. Before that, I used to live in Toronto, Canada, where honestly... Um, it's just so difficult to get sneakers over there like the, the the city the whole country just gets such such little stock that I never even bothered you know going after releases. I pretty much had like two or three shoes that I would just wear all the time i wasn 't really collecting sneakers um so I really only started collecting sneakers once I moved to Berlin Berlin is such a sneakerhead city and it 's a dream city for a sneakerhead honestly because there's so many boutiques here, and when you compare like the ratio of uh population versus number of boutiques i don't think it's better anywhere else in the world like i think berlin is probably one of the best in that regard so it's a lot easier i find to get sneakers here than for example london or paris or or even uh, especially toronto so definitely moving here got me a lot more into sneaker collecting so yeah that's i would say i really started in 2017 what about you
0: So I started in college in New York. I went to NYU from 2011 to 2015, and I actually worked at the gym at NYU, Cole's Sports Center. Uh, Rest in peace. I think they tore that down and they built something else there after I left. Um, And that was right near Kith's first location on Bleecker Street, I believe it was. And I used to go in... To Kith before and after every single shift, and even sometimes in my lunch break, just to take a look at the sneakers, chat to people that worked there. For me, like the people that worked at Kith, like on the sales floor, there were j- just the coolest people ever, and like that was when Ronnie was doing so much stuff with Asics and some of his earlier New Balance stuff. So that's kind of what what got me into uh, actually really collecting and buying sneakers, and obviously that was also the first time that I really had disposable income uh f- in my life right i mean i was working multiple jobs right like i had an internship i was working uh the job at the s- sports center i was refing football matches so i was making money for the first time in my life really and i yeah i i was definitely <laughs> was definitely spending it on sneakers um funnily enough when i first was you know, getting into sneakers, I actually bought a lot of Supra, like I this old skating brand, or not old, but like kind of not cool anymore skating brand. Are and they still around? Yeah, yeah, but they've they've evolved. They have like more high tech shoes and stuff like that. But I used to wear so much Supra. Um, and then I jumped into kind of, I got onto the runner wave, as I said, with, you know, Ronnie Feig, ASICS, New Balance. And that's kind of what I rode towards the end of my, um, time in New York, obviously also wearing like Nike, flying it, all that kind of stuff. But really the first sneakers that I was actually collecting and buying were Supras.
1: Okay. Wow, man. You got in. Wow. Supras got you into the game. That's crazy, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's definitely left field
1: all right so thank you for that question let's move on to the next question so what is the most underrated shoe this year and this question is coming from at james dolby underscore um i'll go first so um i put two on this list uh they're both jordans and the first would have to be the maison chateau rouge jordan 2 which dropped earlier this year I'm not even a big Jordan 2 guy, but this shoe, I think, really went under the radar. And I think it's underrated because not only is it a beautiful colorway with just a really, really good execution, like super super nice little details on the shoe, and also the box and the illustrations and the even the paper that came with the shoe. Um, the quality, the quality on this pair has to be like top, easily like top five, maybe even top three Jordans to drop this year. Um, so I definitely think this one really flew under the radar it's a much much better jordan 2 in my opinion than the unions that dropped uh earlier this year as well so yeah for me this was the best jordan 2 that dropped this year and another shoe which went really underrated moving more into jordan 1s now i know everyone is going crazy for these lost and founds but i think the jordan one that really was slept on this year was the starfish jordan one low jordan one high sorry um, I really wish they dropped this in men's sizing because I would have definitely copied it. It's a great colorway, very very nice fall colorway, orange and brown. And quality-wise, better, just as good or even better than the taxis, in my opinion. And everyone wanted the taxis. For some reason, the Starfish was basically going for retail even though it's a very similar colorway to the reverse shattered backboard. So yeah, that was my most underrated Jordan's so most underrated sneakers of the year.
0: So for me it's very clear it's got to be the Kiko Kostadinov A6 Gel Kayano 28 which is officially called the A6 FN3-S Gel Kayano 28. I have the green and pink colorway which I've been posting on Instagram quite a lot recently and man that is one comfortable sneaker and what I love is that it, it totally flew under the radar. A lot of retailers only bought women's sizes. I had a really tough time finding my size. And let me tell you, I don't have the biggest feet, right? Like, I, I wear a US 9, nine and a half, nine and a half in ASICs. And I, no retailer had my size. But then, luckily, I found them 40% off towards the end of the season in my size. Copped them, love them. Got to be those shoes. And uh, I bet you most people probably don't even know what this shoe is, which, you know means that it's definitely uh, underrated.
1: Super underrated, under the radar. Okay, uh, thank you for that question. Next one. Do you think New Balance can replace Yeezy as the comfortable lifestyle sneaker? That question is from Armando Ba3. Um, this one's a bit of a confusing question, to be honest, because I'm not so sure Yeezy was the you know the biggest name in comfortable lifestyle sneakers because i feel like in the last couple of years new balance already kind of replaced them and i would say new balance right now is probably at the very top when people think of comfortable sneakers and they kind of have been for a while so i'm not sure exactly what the question means per se but i'm gonna say they've already replaced easy as the most comfortable lifestyle sneaker
0: i agree i would say that New Balance is probably replaced. I mean, not even replaced. Like you said, I don't think Yeezy was the go to comfortable lifestyle sneaker to begin with. If anything, it was probably Adidas Boost, right? Like the Ultra Boost or some other type of Boost sneaker before that. And then before that, it was probably Nike Lunar Lawn, right? There's always this one technology that like makes everyone go crazy. But currently, I would say New Balance is, it might not be the most comfortable shoe on the market in terms of squishiness, bounciness, but it's definitely a shoe that you can wear all day and because it's so hyped and so beloved right now, it, it's the go-to comfortable quote-unquote lifestyle sneaker for a lot of people. So yeah, Armando, I think it already has replaced Easy.
1: Next one, what collab would you love to see that has yet to happen? Uh, why would that be? What would be so exciting about it? That question is from at Urwa Harifin. Uh, sorry if I absolutely butchered that pronunciation. Um, uh, this one, honestly, I had to think about it for a while. Um, I, I, I couldn't, like, it had to come down to, like, who do I think is, like, the most stylish person out there? Would I like to see that person make a shoe? So I had to go with ASAP Rocky. So I would just love to see ASAP Rocky do some kind of collab. I know he's done a collab on, like, an Under Armour shoe in the past, which was kind of weird and looked like an Osiris sneaker. Um, But I would love to see him. Like, I mean, Nike has collabs with Travis Scott, with Drake, who really isn't like the most stylish guy in the world, to be honest. So I would love to see Nike do a collab with the most fashionable, swaggiest person in pop culture, in my opinion, which would be ASAP. And uh, I would love to see him get a collab. So that's mine.
0: Yeah, oh, this was a really hard question, um, and I approach it a little bit differently. I would love to see more creative directors like Kiko Kostadinov with Asics or Teddy Santos with New Balance. Um, Kirby of Pyre Moss was obviously with Reebok, but I think he left. And I feel like bringing these collaborators in on a much higher level and bringing them in-house and giving them free reins to help with the generally strategy and the, the colorways and whatever. I think that's such a good idea. I don't know who I would pair with what brand. If Kiko wasn't already at ASICS, I would say that Ronnie Feig should definitely do something with ASICS on a creative director level. He is now the creative director of the New York Knicks, by the way, which is pretty hilarious, but also fits in a way. <laughs> um, I mean, oh, oh, another, another good example is um, Jerry Lorenzo at... Adidas basketball, right? Which rumor has it he's already leaving or the the contract was bought out or has run out and they and have What? None. He
1: didn't drop anything though.
0: Apparently, apparently this is what I've heard and um yeah, they have nothing to show for it. So it was it it seemed like a good fit. I was super excited for it and then nothing ever happened and I don't think anything will ever happen. But that's what I would love to see more of. Uh these big name designers with brands of their own coming in and elevating these sportswear brands and again i don't know who i would pair with who but there's probably a lot of options and i would love to hear from you guys as well what you guys think about that so yeah that would be my pick
1: wow that's pretty sad news if it's true about jerry and adidas but um moving on to the next question how do you know if a sneaker will be a classic or just fast fashion this question is from at who nine one one nine nine uh This was an interesting question because I had to really think about what exactly does a classic sneaker mean and what does a fast fashion sneaker mean? And it just came down to me as a classic sneaker is a sneaker that basically doesn't leave the shelves. Like it kind of just stays there and um, it's always available because there's constantly demand for it. So that's kind of what, once I defined a classic sneaker as that, then for me, it really came down to which sneaker achieves like the most number, the highest amount of adoption, right? And uh, achieves that in, I guess, like a relatively short amount of time. Uh, You can say that, for example, uh, New Balance has kind of achieved this in a way with the 550s. Like they've released, New Balance has released a lot of different models over the last couple of years, but the 550s, they dropped that um, originally as part of that Amelion Door collab. It saw a lot of success. Then they released the general version continues to see success sell out every time so now that sneaker has become like i would call that a classic because um it's just kind of been adopted by everyone not just the people who are into the collabs so uh, i would call that more of a classic sneaker fast fashion ones are you know like kind of sneakers that are just not so like not not you can't really wear it with everything it's not that versatile so it's something that only you can pull off with a few different outfits it really just comes down to how uh, versatile the shoe is comfortable those are the two that go hand in hand and just kind of see like how fast it's getting adopted
0: yeah it this one was also difficult for me i think it's really really i i understood the question as how do you know whether a sneaker will be a classic or not, right? So like a new sneaker that comes out, how can you tell whether it's going to be a classic or not? That's how I approach the question. And I my answer there is it's super hard. It's I would say it's quite unpredictable because you can bring out a good shoe that has a great run and then disappears and maybe never becomes a classic. And I'm looking at examples like the adidas nmd right the first time around they're trying to make it a classic by bringing back a new version but in my opinion the new version sucks and um i think it hasn't been long enough for the nmd to become a classic who knows maybe in 20 years they bring it back and then it's considered a classic for me classics are sneakers that had a pop culture moment that can be referenced later sneakers like the air max 97 silver bullet the air force one the air jordan one pretty much any of the air jordans that you know uh, Jordan played in, but even with the Nike Air Force One, had you asked someone in the mid '80s whether the Air Force One would become a classic, people, I I bet you 99% of the people would have said no because the shoe was only sold for a couple of years, then it was pulled, and uh, the Air Force Two came out, and you know other Nike Air Force sneakers were coming out that were a little bit more high tech, a little bit more modern than the Air Force One, and so quickly was replaced and almost forgotten, right? And so at that point, if you would ask people, they would have been like, "Ah, nah, that was like, you know, it was a cool sneaker. It was popular, but like, not that cool, right?" But then the storytelling that Nike built around it, and the fact that they brought it back and back and back again until now, it's a mainstay at you know every sneaker retailer, probably in most people's rotation. Mostly, most people have probably had an Air Force One in their life, right? So. Now it's undeniably a classic, but back then you probably wouldn't have thought it would become a classic like it has today. Even the Air Jordan 1 didn't really sell that well in the beginning, but then became a classic later on. So my answer here is, yeah, it's super unpredictable, it's super hard, and sometimes you can only really tell with hindsight whether something has become a classic or not. You know, the 550, for example, I can definitely see those becoming a classic, but like let's say that... People get bored of them, like maybe like the 327 or something, right? And people stop buying them and then they suddenly pull them for 10 years. Would you then in 10, 15 years say, oh, that is a classic even though it was only around for a couple of years? You know what I mean? 10 years ago? Um, not not saying that's going to happen, but like that it could potentially still happen, right? That it was only a, a popular shoe for two, three years. Then it gets pulled and 15 years later, you're like, oh, I remember that. That was pretty cool back then, but… Is it a classic? If that happens, no. But I don't see the 550 not becoming a classic. I think it's a really good, good example on your part. I'm just trying to explain like that it is quite unpredictable and I think time is the best way to tell if something's a classic or not.
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with you that time is is the final say in everything. I think the question was more like, how do you identify like from the beginning which one is going to be a classic and which one isn't? At least that's how I interpret it as... So, um, yeah, I mean, like, I think we both gave pretty good answers to that one. Let's, uh, let's move on to the next one. Uh, so this question is what advice would you give someone that wants to start a career in fashion slash sneakers? This one is from Ahmed Tariq and this one, honestly, I can't even give you an answer to this because I don't even have a career in fashion or sneakers. I have a YouTube channel and a, some social media presence that I, have on the side i do have a full-time day job in uh, a totally different field i work in i work in tech uh, so i i wouldn't say i have a career in this you on the other hand fobs you do um you did of course have a career uh in that industry in fashion in sneakers you used to be the editor of high snowbiety sneakers so i think uh i think uh you're probably better suited to answer this question
0: Dude, I I have to say though, man, I disagree with you. I think that you do have a career, right? Like you have a very successful YouTube channel. Even if it doesn't matter if you're doing it on the side, it's still a hustle, right? You have a great social media presence. You've built your own community on these platforms, right? So I think it's actually, you probably have a much different point of view than I do, right? And you have some information that you can share, that I won't be able to share because my career in fashion was very different to yours or is very different to yours. Um, and I think that's so valuable that we kind of, you know, have these different experiences, these different like tastes, but also like we come from different places in the industry. Um, so like just for me to you, like I would consider you an industry person for sure, for sure. Um, and my advice here to to you, Ahmed, or to, to anyone actually wondering about this is find your niche, man. So my niche was I like to write. And I, you know, I hustled to be able to write for Heist Um Josh is great at, being on camera, making videos, coming up with creative visual content like that, right? Cutting videos, all that kind of stuff. So you need to find your niche. You need to find out what you're good at, what, but also what you enjoy doing and what you kind of want to do within this, what, what you want to bring to the community or to the industry. Then you have to network and connect with people because networking, making connections, that's going to help you in the future, right? And then you just, you need to make sure that you're adding value to the community and to the culture. Is the content that you're bringing is the viewpoint that you're bringing is the work that you're doing bringing value if yes then 100 percent you're going to be able to carve out a little career in fashion seekers or maybe even a big career you know so those are the three things i think find find your niche network and connect and then make sure you're adding value
1: those things i couldn't agree with more and thank you for the kind words about my youtube channel uh, uh, I guess the advice I would give is just do not be afraid to put yourself out there. Uh, basically, like do not put mental roadblocks in front of yourself. Um, I was someone who, you know, m- my girlfriend was someone who was always doing YouTube. Like she's been doing it for a little bit longer than me. And uh, she always told me that I, I, you know, I should probably start YouTube. I would probably be decent at it. And I just kept saying no. And then one day I finally decided to do it. And uh, from there it just kind of took off. Um, So uh, I wish I started early. I wish I listened to her all those years before when she kept telling me to do it. But I just always put up roadblocks for myself that I I I'm not good on camera. Nobody wants to see me, whatever, you know, like I just always put up blocks for myself. But then I finally decided to do it and everything went great. So basically moral of the story is just do not do not be afraid to put it out there try it it's better to try and fail rather than not try at all that's 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 what I got to say about that Um, let's move on to the next one so uh, what is a feature on a sneaker that makes it an automatic cop Uh, and that is from at (laughs) james bacon this one is a tough question I would say There's nothing really that I would say is like an automatic cop for me, but I will be lying if I said that I wasn't particularly attracted to sneakers that are either purple or green. (laughs) I definitely have like a big bias towards those sneakers. So that's it for me. Like there's not something I'm really looking for in terms of, you know, does it have a gum sole or does it have like certain cushioning that I like? Those are all great, but really like for me, it's all about the looks and I'm particularly attracted to purple and green sneakers. So that's kind of, um, if it has those two, either of those two colors, I'm already like, okay, this is a nice sneaker.
0: (laughs) I feel like you would love the stray rats, new balance, nine, nine zeros. Yeah.
1: That's, Um, that's on my to cop list for sure.
0: Exactly. No, for me, I mean, super cool, interesting question, but also super easy question to answer comfortable midsole technology man and a classic simple colorway if it's comfortable and if it's not too crazy in terms of the colorway then then i don't need to have it but it's definitely something that i'll consider buying
1: those are i mean like that's probably why you got a lot of asics because you're all about the comfortable midsole technology okay, for sure. so, um, so comfortable. Yeah. all right let's move on to this is okay controversial question what are our thoughts on reps and fakes uh, this one is from at Guwap, a Great name, by the way. Um, so here's my thoughts on it, man. I got no problem with reps and fakes. If people want to wear those, cool. I mean, I'm not wearing them, but if you guys want to wear them, absolutely fine. Nothing wrong with it. If you don't want to spend $1,000 on a Jordan 1 low Travis Scott, yeah, why should you when there's a rep that does the same thing? What I do have a problem with, though, is people who cop the reps and the fakes and then flex like they're real tell people that they're real that's when i'm like that's just corny you anyone who does that anyone listening right now who does that you guys are corny as fuck do not do that so if you guys if if, i have no problem with the reps just don't flex like they're real that's all
0: yeah same here i would say that I actually prefer reps that look good and look real than to super obvious fakes, right? Like, we all know the type of fakes that I'm talking about. The Off-White, Nike, Yeezy, Adidas, New Balance, uh, a Cold Wall, you know, like, Mixture 350, 655, whatever, <laughs> um, with the light-up soles that you buy on the, the market in Southeast Asia or whatever. So those ones, not nah, Like, I think they're taking the the most gaudy parts of shoes and putting them into one, and it's a bit lame. But reps that look good, yeah, I mean, whatever, man. Like, I'm sure everyone has a reason for buying them. I would, you know, you can get super political and say, like, yeah, should you be supporting the black market, blah, blah, blah. I would say everyone should, you know, decide what they want to do for themselves, but just don't pass them off as real, as Josh said. Like, own it. It's the same as, like, I do not want to spend 7k on a rolex right so you better bet the next time i'm in thailand visiting my dad i'm gonna pick up a fake rolex <laughs> because, <laughs> um you know and like it's fine you know I'm, I'm like i'm not gonna wear it and be like oh look this is real or this is real or whatever um yeah so i, I think as long as you own it and you're comfortable about it and you know then there's no problem and we uh, actually did an episode on this, so if you want to scroll through our history, you can check out uh, our extended thoughts on the topic. But yeah, I, I would mirror exactly what Josh said. Just don't pass them off as real.
1: Yeah. Sorry if I offended anyone, by the way. I didn't mean to be so aggressive. <laughs> um, that Those are just my thoughts on the topic. Moving on to the next question. We're just going to keep these coming at you. Do you have any shoe that you regret selling? This one is from at flyfay88 shout out for that question because it brought back some bad memories. Um there were a couple of sneakers that I totally regret selling and both of them are Jordan 1s actually. Uh the first is this one I would rank at the top. This one is the Jordan 1 Turbo Green that came out a couple years ago. This was when they had the All-Star game in Charlotte, so they put out like the Charlotte Hornets colorway. That is to me like one of the most underrated Jordan 1s ever. Such a beautiful colorway and the quality on that was great. I got that. I won that on the sneakers app. And for some reason, initially, I didn't like it. And I ended up selling it for like 30 bucks above retail. And then I did the exact same mistake on the Obsidian Jordan 1s, which had amazing quality. And it's just a great colorway. And it's pretty unique that it's like navy instead of black. Um, And that pair as well. I, sold, I won that from a Foot Locker raffle, ended up selling it for 40 bucks above retail. Dumb, dumb, dumb mistake. Not only because I sold it way too early, I could have made like three times as much if I just kept it a few months, uh, but also because those are just really, really nice, some of the best Jordan ones of the last five, six years. So I wish I never sold those. Yeah. What about you, Fobs?
0: It's got to be the off-white Nike Air Presto from the original, the 10. I actually won two pairs. We've talked about this multiple times, actually, in uh, on this podcast. I've talked about it on Oshuin as well. Um, I let both of them go because I wasn't feeling them. And then I saw more and more people wearing them over the years. And I was like, damn, I should have kept them because the colorway is so good. I actually still have a pair of the black ones and I have a pair of the white ones too, which I've dyed uh, like a nice blue colorway. Um, But I would love, love, love to have the OG colorway back. So yes, that's the sneaker that I regret selling the most.
1: All right, next one. What is the one sneaker that escaped both of you where the price is just too absurd right now? And that is from at JR Wick. So for me, that one, yeah, that one's quite simple. It is the Emile Dor 990 V2. So this one came out a few years ago. It's to me the best 990 V2 I've ever seen. I love the colorway on it. When it first came out, I of course took an L on it, and resale was looking at like around 400 to 500. I was like, man, I, I you know what? At the time, to be fair, at the time I wasn't making all that much money, so and that was a lot of money for me at the time. So I didn't I didn't cop it, and yeah, big mistake. Right now, prices are even like used pairs are going for quite a lot. New pairs are like almost 2,000 in my size, so yeah, definitely out of range at this point. What about you?
0: Yeah, it's the ISPA Road Warrior. I've talked a lot about that sneaker, and it really hurts me to talk about it anymore. I literally just put in a bid on StockX for it today because I saw that the prices had dropped somewhat. Um, so I'm hoping somebody accepts that, but yeah. That's the sneaker that got away and that I wish I could uh, still have.
1: Yeah. Okay, so next. If you could change one thing about sneaker culture, what would it be? And that is from at ASAP Alu. Uh, so my answer to this is uh, I would change something that I feel is going on a lot right now in sneakers. And that I feel is like there seems to be politics entering into sneaker world um you can kind of blame kanye for this like he you know with his whole uh, tirade and racist remarks that got super political super heated online and um i also noticed recently on the ama Mania raffle they really tried to on on the fours they really tried to mix politics and sneakers together by doing this, I don't know, a video raffle. Uh, you, you submit a video talking about some political topic that was important to you. And as I predicted, I looked at the comments of that and everyone was like, you know what? I'd rather just pay resale. I'm not going to do a PowerPoint presentation on some political issue just to get sneakers for retail. It's not like you're even getting the sneakers for free. So... I didn't like that. I didn't like that. Like, I get that, you know, they were trying to send a message or whatever, but I think, w- like, we're so bombarded in the news all the time with, like, you know, politics and, like, things that try to divide us all the time, and I love, you know, just, if I'm going to, like, a, a news outlet that I know is just going to talk about sneakers and streetwear, it's because I'm trying to escape all the other shit going on in the world, man. I don't want to hear more politics when I'm looking at sneakers, so... I don't like what's going on right now. This like politics kind of creeping into the sneaker world. Some of you may disagree, but that's just my opinion. And uh, yeah, that's something I would change that's going on right now.
0: I would say for me, it is the judgment that always seems to hang in the air, you know, and I'll be the first one to admit that I've been guilty of that, right? Judging what other people are wearing, what other people are buying, what other people are posting on social media. I would say the community, the culture would be so much better if we just let people wear what they want, post what they like, do what they like, you know, as long as it's not offensive to anyone else. Um, And just focus more on yourself, what you like and why, rather than what other people like. So if I could just remove the judgment from, and and that's not to say that we should all like the same things or like everything equally, but, you know, you can still like what you like and let other people like what they like without being like you know oh my my thing is better than that or you know a6 is better than new balance or whatever um i think we should just be a lot more harmonious
1: yep definitely uh next one what is your grail sneaker and this is from dem high me uh i hope i said that right dem high Mill. okay sorry <laughs> i must have pronounced that wrong but uh, yeah the question <clears throat> so uh, let me just give you my definition of a grail so a grail to me is something that is not only... is something that's just like so expensive that it's completely out of range, right? Like, you can't... Like, if you're someone who's making like half a million dollars a year or a million dollars a year, you can't tell me that, okay, the Jordan 1 Mochas is your grail because you can easily afford to buy that, right? So, like, that to me is not a grail. Like, a grail is something that's just completely out of range, right? So, by that definition... For me, the grail is currently definitely is the Louis Vuitton Air Force One in that white colorway. Oh, man, those are like, oh, man, if I got those, oh, my God, man. (laughs) The fits I could pull off in that, man, that would be amazing. Uh, Definitely, definitely, that's the number one grail. And I think it's always going to be my grail. I don't know if I'm ever, no, don't say never. I, I might one day be able to cop it, but right now it looks a bit out of range. So I'm going to say that's my grail.
0: For me, it is also an Air Force One. Um, there's probably one that's like a little bit more attainable, which is the off-white Nike Air Force One, the OG, which I have, but I've almost beat to death. And so I need a new pair, a fresh pair. But fuck, no, I'm not paying whatever it is, 2000 plus for uh, the shoe on StockX, right? Especially when there's a lot of fakes out there. You never know what you're going to get. Um But my real grail is to create my own Air Force One in the Nike Bespoke Lab. They have this service where you pay quite a lot of money, and I believe they have it in New York and in London, or in Paris and in London, and you go in there, and you can just basically pick from a range of materials, a range of designs, colorways, whatever, and you can just create your own Air Force One or Air Max One, and that would be my dream because i already know exactly what i would do um and i would do something really cool with the swoosh like really really cool um but i'm not going to tell you what until i actually get the chance to do this so that is my uh my big big grail which probably is a a little bit more unachievable
1: okay Uh, okay we got just a few more to go so if you had to keep one sneaker from your collection and get rid of the rest, what would it be? This one is from at Quadzilla 1. For me, that's pretty simple. It would be the uh, Off-White Air Presto, the OG one. Uh, I told you at the start of this conversation, start of this pod, uh, what got me into sneakers, when I got into sneakers, which was around 2017, that's just around the time the Off-White 10 came out. I did win a raffle for the Off-White Prestos and if it, I don't think if I didn't win that raffle, I don't even think uh, like my sneaker journey would continue because after winning that raffle and seeing that shoe in hand, I was like, man, I can't, I can't believe I own this. Like this this is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. It's so awesome. It makes me feel amazing when I wear it. And uh, I still feel that kind of like joy when I see that sneaker, you know? So that's definitely one that I'm not gonna give up.
0: For me, it's the New Balance 990 V3 just because it's such a comfortable shoe. It's such a classic. You can wear it with almost everything, right? In all types of seasons, all types of colors. So it's probably the most comfortable and versatile sneaker that I own. There's a lot of other sneakers that I have that I love, but this one is definitely the one that I would keep if I had to only keep one.
1: Okay. All right. So let's, should we, let's, do the, let's make this the last question and that is everyone wants to know this actually will people continue to buy adidas branded yeezys next year we got the news oh by the way this question is from who is johnny kilroy uh so yeah this this is a this is a pretty hot topic we got the news recently that adidas confirmed that they will be continuing to drop the same Yeezy designs that we're used to except they're going to remove all the Yeezy branding from it so question is will people continue to buy this uh buy the shoe my answer is it just simply comes down to price so if the price of these sneakers are going to be priced at the same Yeezy prices as before. If you're still going to charge me €240, Euros, €230 Euros for a uh, 350 V2, you're still going to charge me 260 for a 700. No, nah, I'm not going to be paying that for the Adidas 350 or the Adidas 700. No way, because you took away everything Yeezy about the shoe. I'm not paying the same amount if there's no Yeezy behind it. That's just me. If you're gonna market the shoe at a much lower price below two hundred, yeah, okay, maybe then I might be more interested in it. But um, I know me personally, I won't be buying it. If it's just an Adidas Easy, I'm not interested personally. What about you?
0: I mean, personally, no. Like I said last time, like I'm pretty much done with you know wearing Adidas uh, or not Adidas, Kanye West designs. But if you're asking, will people buy? adidas branded Yeezys, i think so because this person obviously asked that question thinking about it right and i think people are really considering it and like you said it really depends on the price the way that they market it what they call them in the end i would say it's less likely if it's literally just the same shoe just stripped of all Kanye west and plastered with adidas branding which you know some of them already have adidas branding but if it's slightly different alterations or new versions as we've seen with the 700 and which you know might have been in the works and are now just going to be released as adidas yeezys then yes i think um people will buy them and i mean again everyone should do what they want to do um personally i wouldn't and i think it's also kind of a whack move to say you're never going to drop uh yeezys anymore and then say oh but actually we uh own the rights to these and we will be releasing them at some point in the future in a different way. I am intrigued to see how different it'll be, but um, yeah, it's a bit of a weird move in my opinion.
1: Yeah, and I know they're legally allowed to do it, but it's super lame. I agree with you that they're doing that.
0: Yeah. Um, Anyway, that brings us to the upcoming drops. We actually have quite a lot dropping on the day of the podcast release, which is the 18th of November. First off, we have Josh's favorite sneaker, the Nike Zoom Vomero in a tasty, tasty off-white kind of beige colorway. Very, very nice, if you ask me. Maybe even worth joining the Vomero 5 Club. Um, yes. Not as, not as president, but maybe you'll become vice president someday. <laughs> um, Then you've also got the Sockney Progrid Triumph 4, which is actually a very cool 2000s looking shoe with this big hole mesh. So anyone into, you know, Spiridon vibes, Zoom Spiridon vibes, this kind of goes in that direction. Then we also have the Oakley Braindead Flesh Sandals, which, yes, I'm talking about Oakley, the sunglasses company. They have a pair of slip-on shoes which are very 2000s, and who better to collaborate on that on them than Braindead? Then, obviously, on the 19th, you've got the Lost and Found Air Jordan Ones. Same day, you have the Reebok Eames Classic Leather in three colorways, which mimic their very very popular chairs. Then, on the 19th as well, the Junya Watanabe Man New Balance. Collection which includes the steer smooth sandal and three colorways of the 574. On the 21st of November, you have the Nike Air Force One Chili as well as the Stone Island New Balance 574 and the Furon V7 cleats and jersey, which we post on Instagram and are super nice. Then on the 25th of November, we have two Nikes, uh, a Nike Air Force One LXX, which is a very beautiful colorway that I can see becoming a classic, or maybe already is a classic. I don't know if it's a re-release. And then you also have, on the same day, the Nike Air Jordan 11 in the nice navy colorway, um, which has that like velour, suede kind of patent leather, Um and then on the 27th of November, apparently the Amamanier Nike Air Jordan 4s are dropping at retailers worldwide. So anyone who missed the release today will be able to pick up a pair in a week and a half from now.
1: Yep. Crazy, crazy. Uh, this month has been rough on the wallet, man. Really, really rough. Um, but, yeah, thank you once again, guys, for sending in those questions. Really, really appreciate it. We had a great episode. Thanks to you guys. Hope you guys enjoyed it as well. I definitely did. And, uh, yeah, we will catch you guys in the next episode in two weeks. Until then, peace. Thanks for listening, guys. Peace.